Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. My name is Sylvie, and I will be your conference operator today. At this time, I would like to welcome everyone to the Capstone Mining Q3 2020 results conference call. Note that all lines have been placed on mute to prevent any background noise. After the speaker's remarks, there will be a question and answer session. If you would like to ask a question during this time, simply press star then the number one on your telephone keypad. And if you would like to withdraw your question, please press star followed by two. Thank you. Mr. Annette, you may now begin the conference. Good morning. I'd like to welcome everyone on the call today. The news release announcing Capstone's 2020 third quarter financial results is available on our website. And if you are logged into the webcast, we will be advancing slides. On the call are Darren Pilot, President and CEO, Raman Rendawa, Chief Financial Officer, Brad Mercer, Senior Vice President, Exploration and Operations, and Mike Wickersham, General Manager of Pennell Valley Mine. Following our brief remarks, there will be an opportunity for questions. Comments made on the call today will contain forward-looking information. This information by its nature is subject to risks and uncertainties, and actual results may differ materially from the views expressed today. For further information on these risks and uncertainties, please see Capstone's relevant filings on TDAR. And finally, I'll just note that all amounts we discussed today in U.S. dollars, unless otherwise specified. Now I'll turn the call over to Darren Pilot. Thanks, Gerald, um, and good morning, everybody. To start, I just wanted to flag the front page of this presentation showing Abel Gonzalez, who's our general manager at, at Cozumel. His photo should be on the front of this page based on the record overall cost performance in the history of the mine's operations. Great job at Cozumel. Moving to slide number four, I'm very pleased with our Q3 results of 38.5 million pounds of copper at a C1 cost of $1.82 per pound, well on our track to meet our annual guidance. At Pinto Valley, the results reflect a quarter focused on advancing phase one of our PV3 optimization, planned downtime in July to install the first of two secondary crushers, as well as install the first of two new ball mill shells. Additionally, uh, July was a month to catch up on maintenance that was delayed from the spring due to the COVID-19 restrict restrictions that Im impacted contractor access to our site. C1 costs at Pinto Valley were $2.38 per pound and reflected the level of contractor, the higher level of contractor activity we did have in July. Coming out of the upgrades, we saw very strong operating performance with September throughput at nearly 58,000 tons a day with 86.5% recovery. At Cozumel, as I mentioned, uh, the mine had a stellar quarter with 10.6 million pounds of copper at a C1 cost of just 36 cents per pound. What I find impressive uh, with these results is that it comes ahead of the mine expansion which will take into consideration both increased grade and tonnage associated with the new mine plan starting next year once our one-way ramp is completed in early December of this year. 
Now on to slide number five. We're seeing uh, some very encouraging trends with respect to safety performance at Capstone, and I attribute this to our Values and Action Program that we enacted in 2018 that started a committed, positive, and open safety culture shared by all employees from the top down. We've been focused on strengthening our management, especially on key risk areas. This year, we hired a Director of Environment, Health, and Safety, as well as a Director of Technical Services who is focused around tailings and water at our sites. At both of our operations, a system of leading indicators has been implemented, enabling management to analyze data and look for risk mitigation steps to prevent safety or environmental incidents. We're also looking to technology to improve safety. An example of this is at Pinto Valley, where we have been testing a fatigue monitoring system that enables us to monitor mine equipment operators for signs of fatigue. Also, Capstone will publish an annual sustainability report for 2020 next year, and in the meantime, we recently published an interim performance data report for, from 2018 that runs all the way through June 30, 2020, uh, and is now available on our website. Moving now to slide number six, uh, this year has been an extremely productive year at Capstone, as you can see by the list of goals and objectives we have completed. One key, the key theme here is that we are willing to try new technologies and enter into new partnerships, and with this, I believe we have surfaced incredible value this year. At Cozumel, we are on track to complete the one-way ramp in early December, and we will release the pillar extraction PFS results in January and, the next, and next year at Pinto Valley, we will complete phase two of the PV3 optimization work. In a few minutes, Mike Wickersham will detail our current plans on the future for Pinto Valley. Our strategy has evolved from last year as we have kept an open mind to what innovation can do for us. I'm fascinated by the recent pace of technological gains from the mining industry, and this could result in the 50-year-old Pinto Valley operation performing like a brand new mine at some point in the future without spending a high level of CapEx. Our strategy now for the PV4 expansion is to look for opportunities to improve and expand our existing mill versus building a brand new one. As for Santa Domingo, <clears throat> excuse me, as for Santa Domingo, I believe the timing has never been better to secure the right strategic partner and to fully finance this project. We aim to announce our partner in the first half of 2021 with construction starting in the second half of 2021 as well. Now I'll pass it over to Raman. Thanks, Darren. We are now on slide seven. The operating results were strong with adjusted EBITDA of 51.6 million and cash flow from operations of 27.7 million. Our net debt now stands at 163 million and our net debt to EBITDA ratio has decreased significantly from 2.542 1.62 times, which is a big improvement over the past two quarters. I'd also like to point something else out on this slide that gets often overlooked. It's how efficient cash flow from operations builds equity for shareholders. Because of our peer leading lowest G&A in interest per pound, specifically we're at nine cents per pound of G&A and eight cents interest paid on debt. This means we have the ability to fund a robust exploration program and pay for optimization projects without hesitation. These two examples have delivered huge value for shareholders over the past year. Turning to slide eight, we're certainly happy to see the current optimism for higher copper prices. 
but despite this, we will stay lean and are focused on paying down debt and increasing the value of our assets. We are focused on low capital, quick payback, high return capital investments, which we internally fund by cash flows. In addition, we are unlocking the steps required to financially de-risk the capital required to fund our targeted share of around 50% of Santo Domingo. The table on this slide highlights um, that we're expected at least $100 million of EBITDA growth from 2021 to 2023, assuming $3 copper. The sensitivity to a $0.25 cent change to the copper price is around $50 million of EBITDA per year on average, so we're very happy to be at the forefront of our growth at a time when copper prices are improving. Now I'll hand it over to Mike Wickersham. Thank you, Raman. We're now on slide nine, and in this slide you can see a, a photograph of Umut Errol. He's our metallurgical superintendent at Pinot Valley, and he is championing some coarse particle flotation pilot plant trial work that begins in November. On slide 10, you can see how our strategy is aiming to get the best of both worlds, of higher throughput and higher recovery. We know we can achieve this given that we've done this in the past, and most recently in the month of September with nearly 58,000 tons per day through the mills at 86.4% recovery, a very good showing. Over the next four years, we're going to see copper grades rise about 10% higher than we've observed this year, and the ore is expected to be uh, softer and more favorable for higher milling rates with lower oxidation, which means we're setting up the mill for good performance and that should be enhanced by the optimization program that's well underway. Ultimately, we're targeting reliable and sustainable throughput of 60 to 63,000 tons per calendar day at a recovery of 85 to 90% in the float plant through the 2022 to 2023 timeframe. To get there, we're going to have to complete phase one and phase two work that's detailed on the slide. Some newly approved projects now include $10 million in conveyor upgrades, mill auto controls, cyclone upgrades for the ball mills, and tailing thickener upgrades, all of this to be completed by third quarter 2021. Also, we've hired a third-party consultant to review our plan for increasing tailing safety and capacity as we raise rates in the mill. Given the pilot plant trial work that's underway and work on tailings management, our PV3 optimization study will now be released in the first half of 2021. Earlier, you heard Darren mention how innovation is leading to this strategy change for Pinto Valley. This has been true, as you may have heard so far, with our catalytic leaching technology that was pioneered and announced in July, and also a coarse particle flotation technology that we will begin pilot testing this next month of November. These, along with numerous other initiatives, are creating some real excitement about what we can do at Pinto Valley. Now on slide 11, you can clearly see how we're working towards optimizing or debottlenecking right from the start through to the finish of the value chain. Every step that we take has to have high uh, IRR, internal rate of return, and it has to fall in line with our strategy for improving environmental and safety performance as well. Slide 10 gives a more detailed review of this potential for coarse particle flotation technology uh, that's provided by ERIES. It's, it's called HydroFlow technology. The lab results on our flotation circuit samples from Pinot Valley show that near 50% uh, reduction in lost copper 
is, is possible, which overall means we could increase 6% the total copper recovery in the float plant. Success with this pilot plant will allow us to pursue our coarser grinding strategy, and by doing so, it enables higher throughput from the mills, lower power consumption per ton of ore processed, lower water consumption per ton, and it supports more stable tailings. Once the HydroFlow pilot plant test results have been received, we'll make a full financial analysis, and that has to factor in recovery improvements and other benefits, which we expect to look very attractive. And in terms of CapEx for this HydroFlow project, an early estimate in the range of 50 million could be made based on the installation at Newcrest Cadia operation. Turning to slide 13, as we've shown, 2020 can be characterized as a year of innovation, and this will shape how Pinto Valley looks in the future. We'll incorporate this into our optimization study for PV3 optimization, which will be delivered in the first half of 2021. Also, we'll have a technical report update for Pinto Valley in the second half of 2021 as we complete this optimization study. The PV4 expansion study, which is backed by 1 billion tons of resources similar grade, is now expected for 2022. And the reason for this is that it now involves column leach test work that has to be conducted to evaluate expanding or dump leach production uh, instead of a, a new or greatly expanded mill option. And this is a reflection of the success of our Jetty Catalyst project. We'll also run scenarios with higher mill cutoff grades to make sure we optimize our PV4 expansion opportunity. So we've been very, very busy. Uh, we're very excited about the future of Pinot Valley. And with that, I'll hand it over to Brad Mercer. Hello, everyone. And, uh, thank you, Mike. Uh, I'm on slide three now, uh, the one with the smiling uh, faces. That picture there from left to right is Abel, the GM of Cozeman, uh, Darren Pilot, our president and CEO, and myself, Brad Mercer. And that's a, that's a good photo because we are all very happy with the, with the um, um, impressive quarter this, this quarter. Uh, turning to slide 15, uh, it shows that we uh, had C1 cost at 36 cents a pound, and it's the lowest C1 cost on record. Uh, that was helped by strong production higher tons, higher grade, lower operating cost per ton, and a very nice kick with uh, high uh, byproduct silver prices. Now, turning to slide 16, um, we want to emphasize that we are only 31 meters away from completing, 31 vertical meters away from completing the one-way ramp, and this is on schedule, or slightly ahead of schedule, and should now be uh, completed in early December. As we have said before, not only will this de-bottleneck the mine, it will lead to a safer mine with a simpler traffic pattern. Work continues apace on the uh, PFS for pillar extraction, uh, which will include an analysis of a paste backfill solution in combination with the dry stack filter tailing solution we are currently designing for Cozumel. This strategy aligns very well with industry-leading environmental best practice for tailings management and it is expected for release in January. Other initiatives uh, to optimize the mine are ongoing, uh, like improving slope, uh, stoke dilution and adding uh, ore passes, or as we call them, truckless headings. And there's a big opportunity to surface a lot of value at Cozeman by working on converting some of the nearly 300 million pounds of copper and 30 million ounces of silver in resource, not yet in reserve. A study on this um, 
to accelerate conversion rate will be initiated in 2021. With respect to exploration, we are full steam ahead on our new 80-hole drill program, which is targeting the expansion of both vein 10 and vein 20 to the southeast. And we will be looking, uh, we will be in a position to start a thousand meter exploration drift in early January to provide more platforms and easier access to target this area from underground. We are also stepping up our drilling to the southeast perimeter of the current reserve uh, and expect to add in additional reserves uh, to tidy up that area. The initial results of this effort will be included in an updated, updated technical report in January. And as we have done in the past, we'll provide exploration updates as uh, assay results come in. And with that, I'll pass it back <coughs> to Darren uh, to provide an update on Santa Domingo. Thank you. Thanks, Mike and Brad. You know, some incredible growth opportunities at both of those, both of our operations. Um, so now for everybody, we're on slide 18. As I said earlier, Sentiment has greatly improved for copper, iron, and cobalt, and there is a dearth of permitted projects ready for construction. Santa Domingo, in the middle of one of the most prolific mining districts in the world, is a standout. The MOU with Porto Ventanas for rail and port facilities involved a 90-day period to explore mutual synergies and regional benefits, and this is expected to be completed by the end of this year. On page 19, <clears throat> excuse me, on page 19, we show a pathway to fully finance this project that involves a gold stream, project financing, and a strategic partner. We presented this slide back in September, but I wanted to re <coughs> reiter excuse me, reiter reiterate it, that our strategy is to build Santa Domingo without drawing on funds from current operations and without diluting equity shareholders. Turning to slide 20, Capstone is about to enter the first year of high growth. By 2022, we will be a 200 million pound per year producer with C1 costs in the $1.50 range. By 2023, at $3 copper, our EBITDA is expected to be 170% higher than it is this year. And Santa Domingo is really the wild card, which will be transformational for Capstone. As illustrated on the final slide, at 375 million pounds of production by 2024, this is over 150% higher than levels we're seeing this year and should translate into a significant re-rate in our valuation. So with that operator, we're ready to take questions from the audience. Thank you, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, if you do have a question, please press star followed by one on your touchtone phone. You will hear a three-tone prompt acknowledging your request. And should you wish to withdraw your question, simply press star followed by two. And if you're using a speakerphone, we do ask that you please lift the handset before pressing any keys. Please go ahead and press star 1 now if you do have a question. And your first question will be from Dalton Barreto at Canaccord. Please go ahead. Thanks, guys. Uh, good morning, Darren and team. Uh, tough day to be reporting your results on. Um, it sounds like your thinking's changed fairly dramatically on the uh, Pinto Valley optimization efforts. And so just a couple of questions from me on PV3 and then on PV4. Uh, first on this uh, on this theory, it's uh, Quartzor technology. It's like it's got some pretty decent benefits. You know, pretty good capex not attached. How long has Cadia Valley been using this for, and you know, what kind of results have they seen? And part B of that question is, do you have to pay any royalties to areas like you do to uh, Getty? 
So uh, <clears throat> thanks for that, Dalton. I'll let Mike answer it because he's had the most ex direct experience with the, with the team at Aries. Go ahead, Mike. Thank you, and, and thanks for your question, Dalton. Yet things did change just a little bit in our PV3 optimization, mainly because we, we decided we wanted to study this, this coarse particle flotation technology uh, more carefully. We um, evaluated other options to present finer material to ball mill feed. Uh, we didn't like the economics on those as well as we like what we see now in this ability to double down on our strategy to be a coarse float mill. Um, that, that's really what's driven that. We want to make sure that we get those numbers right and we get the technology right and we keep the capital footprint low. Um, with regard to Jetty, we do have a royalty payment with our partner at Jetty. Um, we still are making copper at very low unit costs and we're rapidly expanding how many pounds of cathode we make per year. It's doing very well. Um, so my question was, um, Aries, do you have to pay them a royalty if you deploy this course or flotation? Oh, I'm sorry, uh, Dalton, I, I misheard you. Um, at this point, we've completed lab scale testing. We're going to get started on pilot scale testing. We have no commercial um, agreement or negotiations right now in view with any kind of a royalty. We want to make sure that the technology works in our float plant and we get the recovery and throughput gains we expect, and then we'll talk about commercial terms. Okay, but are you uh, are you aware if uh, Newcrest is paying a royalty at Cadia Valley? The only reason I ask is because it changes the uh, the cost dynamics, right? Yeah, I I don't know if a royalty was part of Cadia's deal. Um, I don't know how to answer that for you. Okay. Uh, and, Dalton, I can I can answer. Dalton, I can sure. say a little. Um, but this, I, I believe this. I, mean, I can't guarantee, but I believe this is more like a buying a piece of equipment than it is a technology. It's, it's a newer piece of equipment that does different things, but it's not. We wouldn't expect to be paying royalties. Perfect. Thanks, Darren. Yeah, that was the gist of my question. So you're not licensing the uh, technology. Yeah. You're buying equipment. No. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then maybe just switching gears uh, to PV4. Uh, Again, completely different strategy there now. Um, so you don't, I understand you don't need to build a new mill, but you know if you're going to expand the leach and you're paying a royalty to Jetty, and you know the all-in cost there is about two bucks a pound, I'm having a hard time understanding where the economic trade-off is. Well, that's just it. We got to do the work. I mean, we we are the the, the success of Jetty has been building as as you can as you know. The longer that you leach something, the more time you have, the the, the result, the more clear results you get. So we want to do this column testing over the next 12 to 18 months to understand uh, the leaching process better, and uh, at the same time understand what you know what we can possibly raise our cutoff grades to the mill. And therefore, uh, spend much less capex on a, on on equipment in, in the mill, and and understand the trade-offs. So just as you said, right? Uh, so we understand that there's a cost, a licensing cost with Jetty, and then there's obviously a capex cost to you know building bigger, uh, bigger, bigger mill. So that's exactly what we'll be doing is trading off one for the other. But we believe that building a smaller mill and leaching more will be more economic and and, and better for the operation. Okay, great. And then just one last one for me on Santa Domingo. Uh, I understand the uh, the 90 day period is still ongoing. Has there have you guys had any uh, initial feedback? Uh, yes, we 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 have a weekly meeting with them, um, and we work we're like we're working jointly to to uh, one uh, consider what a final agreement would look like, as well. Their 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 the real 90 days is for them to do a market analysis on 
other potential uh, customers on a multi-user port basis. So they're working with other potential users, and we, we, we talk with them every week, and we are, uh, have an extremely good relationship, and we're working together uh, on, on, on finalizing it. That's all for me. Thank you. Next question will be from Oris Wakada at Scotiabank. Please go ahead. Hi, good morning. Um, just wanted to get a bit more color on the costs involved at Pinto Valley. Obviously, you're making a fair amount of investments and upgrades there, um, and, and I noticed that you did up the CapEx guidance for this year. Um, if I understood um, what was said earlier, that you are targeting to increase the throughput there to about 63,000 tons a day starting in 22, and, and these mill upgrades would be finished by, a, I think, the third quarter of 21. How much additional capital, or I guess, how much total capital does Pinto Valley need for 2021 to, in order to achieve uh, this target? I mean, on average, or as we spend about 40, 50 million on sustaining capital, and then the additions to take us to about uh, the next phases in the MDNA, we got another 10 million of growth capital uh, for the cyclones and the uh, auto control system to take us about to the 60s, and then the the next step will be the 60 to 63, which is part of the PV3 optimization final study, which will come out early next year. But can you give us a, like, should we anticipate your kind of consolidated CapEx to be at similar levels in 21, but with majority going yeah. into Pinto? Is that the right way to think about it? Yeah, I would think about it that way. I mean, Kozman still got, um, you know, the dry stack tailings that we want to put in place as well. So that'll be a bit of a, a capital in 2021 as well that will kick off. Okay. And then um, just separately, um, can you give us an update um, where your head may be at with respect to a potential silver stream at Kozman and, and whether that's something you're actively engaged in from an evaluation perspective? Yeah, or I would say that we're we're you know we're cognizant of uh, of elevated precious metal prices, both silver at uh, at Cozum and gold at Santa Domingo. So I would I would think it's fair to say that we're taking a hard look at. Uh, I mean, we're we're dealing with this from a position of strength, as as you saw by the cost profile at Cozum, and there's no need to do a a silver stream based on that uh, on 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 that, and as well as our balance sheet. But if we can be opportunistic, and uh, because it's. Uh, a very coveted asset. If we can get uh, something that we like, we would, and, and, and it's um, accretive to, to shareholders, we would absolutely um, look at it. So, yeah, we're taking a hard look right now. And, and should we anticipate that you need to finish kind of the current, 40, the updated 43101 around the, the pace backfill before you'd be in a better position to perhaps move forward on something like that or, or not necessarily? No, I would say not necessarily because it's relative to the overall reserve. Um, it's not a large number, and as well, it's it's pretty well defined that if uh, you know if that went in, you'd be able to recover pillars. So it's 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 not much of a a risk on either side. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. Next question will be from Rafael de Sousa at CIBC. Please go ahead. Hi. Good morning, and thank you for for taking my questions. So uh, just a, a somewhat of a follow-up on the on the 2020 capex. I was just wondering what ini what initiatives have been brought back to the table with this update. 
Hey, Raphael, it's Raman. Yeah, I mean, we reaccelerated our capital spend by, I mean, we took it down from 90 to 60 and then back up to about 90. And the less, the major items are stripping. So we had, we were going to dial back a bit on stripping. So the stripping will be 7 million higher, which puts us on plan to deliver that 10% higher grade next year into the 0.33% over the next, you know, four years. And then haul trucks, uh, we had purchased some haul trucks that we're going to pay for uh, this year that we could have deferred. Um, you know, PCRs, which are component replacements and some tailings work, and then also a new loader. So instead of running these high-cost shovels, uh, we were able to bring in a, a loader that's more efficient, uh, energy efficient, but also will defer some capital that would have been required on those shovels. So, um, you, you know, those are the big items when you add that up and then a little bit more spending on MSD. Okay, thank you. And then just so uh, just on stripping, so I noticed that uh, Pinto Valley stripping was a bit higher this quarter. Uh, should we expect that to continue in the fourth quarter? Yeah, I would say so. Uh, uh, probably the same rates you saw in the in the third quarter. Okay, thank you. And then last question for me. So at Cozumel, uh, so as you continue to move away from the San Rafael zone, uh, should we expect that grades will continue to to go higher going forward, at least in the fourth quarter? Yes, we're planning on phasing San Rafael production out in the first month of uh, Q1 of, of 21. So you'll get uh, a marked jump in the, in the head grade because we won't be blending with the lower grade zinc material. Okay, yeah, so that's all for me. Thank you. Thank you. And your next question will be from Stefan Yowanu at Cormart. Please go ahead. Great. Thanks very much, guys. Um, I, I, I get that, you know, obviously the PV4 plan is sort of pivoted a little bit and it's still early days, but just wondering, um, obviously, you know, if, if the mill's staying the same size and a lot more material will be going onto a heat leach pad, do you have any sense of how much it would impact your sort of future tailings requirements in terms of, I know, I know PV4 entailed a, a sort of a new site and all that sort of stuff. Is that still on the table and uh, or just maybe give us an update on that sort of aspect of it? Yeah, Stefan, I would say that the mill is going to be bigger, not the same size, but I, I would say, you know, when we're, we're envisioning a mill in excess of 100,000 tons a day, we think it can be smaller now. But absolutely, we will need to solve the tailings uh, um, situation um, with, with land we either have on our site or permitted land. We, we need to evaluate that, but we would definitely need more, more space for tailings as part of a, a PV4. Okay, okay, got it. And just maybe just a, just a sort of a housekeeping question for Mike. He, he mentioned, I don't know if I got it, just the um, the, the the anticipated capex for to put it to hydro fluid. And did he say fifty million dollars, Mike? Or yeah, it was fifty. Fifty. Okay. Okay. Thanks very much. That's great, guys. Thanks very much. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. As a reminder, if you do have a question, please press star followed by one on your touchtone phone. And your next question will be from Craig Hutchinson at TD Bank. Please go ahead. Hi, guys. Uh, most of my questions have been answered, but just in terms of your discussions for Santo Domingo in terms of strategic partners, has there been a strong interest in, in the offtake for the, the magnetite ore? Uh, yeah, there's been strong, <clears throat> strong interest, Craig, from kind of all of our all of the metal streams that we produce. Copper is, is a high quality and, and very strong interest on an offtake uh, financing or agreement with um, for copper. Uh, the iron is a premium product, so very good interest on on purchasing the iron on an offtake that as well. And obviously, lots of interest around cobalt because it's um, 
it's associated in in Chile and uh, uh, you know at a lower risk than the uh, DRC. So very strong interest for offtake for all of our all, all of the metals that we will produce there. And is your intent still to be a majority owner, or would you be willing to go become a minority owner in the asset? Yeah, it's similar case, right? Like if we have a strong partner with a track record of building mines and, and can finance the project very quickly, uh, we would absolutely um, have them be the operator. Um, and at the same time, uh, with, the, with the copper price and uh, cash flow we're generating from our existing operations, we could envision being a 50% uh, partner and operator as well. But whatever is best for the lowest risk for our shareholders best return for the project and best execution of a building a mine is the way we would go forward on that. Okay, thanks. And just maybe a housekeeping question for me as well. Just in terms of taxes for sort of the balance of this year, are you guys in a fully cash taxable position at this point, or should we assume there's still some the deferred tax credits you guys have to, to offset? Yeah, um, depends on jurisdiction. So in Mexico, we were fully taxable at the tax rate uh, in the 30s, uh, 35%. And then we pay withholding tax when we bring it up. So that's increased our taxes this quarter a little bit. And then at Pinot Valley, we have a lot of uh, loss carry forwards are up to about $100 million. So we won't be paying taxes at Pinot Valley for a, a little while here in the next couple of years. Okay, perfect. Thanks, guys. Thank you. And at this time, we have no further questions, so I would like to turn the call back over to Mr. Pilot. Great. Thank you, Operator, and thank you, everybody, for your questions and joining us today. Please continue to re remain vigilant to stay safe and healthy as this COVID-19 continues to be a global concern. And please don't hesitate, as always, to contact us with any further questions or follow-up you may have after this call. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, this does indeed conclude your conference call for today. Once again, thank you for attending, and at this time we ask that you please disconnect your lines. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.